0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, John's message is based on a question that will get us all thinking are you where you want to be in life? I want to begin today by asking you a question that is going to cause you to think, and you may not be able to give an immediate answer to it. It is direct, it is thought-provoking, and I think it'll be a good place for us to start the message this morning. Here's the question. Are you where you want to be in life? In other words, as you look at your life, I want you just to play like today that you are in an office or at a restaurant with a friend, and you're just having a conversation, and your friend, which today is me, I hope I'm your friend anyway, but even if we don't know each other, just use your imagination. We're together, and I'm asking you this question. Are you where you want to be in life? Now, When I ask that question, I want you to think about the totality of your life. Our lives are made up of a lot of different parts and pieces. We have the spiritual aspect. So are you where you want to be spiritually speaking? Are you you where you want to be mentally speaking? Are you pleased with how you think? Are you pleased with where you are emotionally speaking? Would you say that you are emotionally whole and strong? Or would you say, you know, John, emotionally speaking, I struggle with anxiety, I struggle with fear, I struggle with anger, struggle with bitterness, struggle with different things, and maybe struggle with lust or maybe greed. So you say, you know, emotionally speaking, I'm not sure if I'm where I want to be. How about this? Are you where you want to be physically speaking? Are you as healthy as you possibly can be? How about vocationally? Are you happy in your job? Are you happy with how you spend your time each day? How about financially? Are you in exorbitant debt? Or would you say, from a financial perspective, I'm really very pleased with where I am. How about in your relationships? As you look at your relationships with your family and with your friends and those you work with, go to school with, where how would you say you are there? Are you where you want to be in this whole world of relationships? And so I'm asking you today, are you where you want to be in life? Now, maybe there's a better way than I can ask that question. Maybe if I will give you a multiple choice question, uh, or a question that has multiple answers to it, that will help. So I want you to think about this. As you think about the totality of your life, and I want you to think which option best describes you. First of all, some here today might say, you know, John, as I think about all that, I would say, I'm good, not great. it's, It's not great. It's not, I've not hit a grand slam in life, but you know what? I'm good. Others would say, I couldn't be better could not be better. There used to be a man in our church named Eugene Lee. He's going to be with the Lord now. One of the greatest Christian men I've ever known. One of the biggest encouragers I've ever known. One of the most positive people I've ever known. Knew him for many, many years. Anytime I was with Eugene and I would say to him, Eugene, how are you doing? And here was his standard answer. If I were any better, I'd be twins. That's always what he said. So if he were with us today, he would say, letter B, that's me. Couldn't be better. Now C, This may apply to somebody today. Somebody here might say, you know, truth be known, answer to your question, I'm disappointed in life, but I'm hanging in there. I'm not giving up, not throwing in the towel, not walking away from God, no. But if I were honest, I would have to, as I look at my life, and as I look at where I thought I would be at this season of my life, I would have to say, I'm disappointed, but I'm hanging in there, John. I'm not giving up. And then others might look at option D and say, this is where I am. I'm as low as I've ever been. I've never been lower in all my life than I am right now. Now, if you today are like Eugene and you would say, I couldn't be better. If I were any better, I'd be twins. I would encourage you to be thankful to God for that. Enjoy every minute of that. Don't take it for granted and keep pursuing God. Don't grow complacent. If you would answer with any of these other answers, good, not great, disappointed but hanging in there, or if you would say, I'm as low as I've ever been, I have good news for you today. God has good news for you today. Here is the word from heaven for you at the beginning of this message. Be encouraged. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet, and so you need to be encouraged. Now, let's look in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter number 12, and we're going to read two verses today before we get finished, verses 9 and 10, and the children of Israel at this point are about to go into the promised land. They've come out of Egypt. They've been in the wilderness, the desert, for 40 years. They're this close from going into the promised land, and Moses is giving them some final instructions before he goes to heaven, and notice what he says since you have not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. And so he says to them, hey, we've come a long way from Egypt. We've been in this wilderness for a long time. We're going into the promised land, but we are not there yet. And he says, you have, we have not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance that God has for us. Now, in this verse, there are two key words. And you notice that I'm reading out of the NIV. It says it a little bit differently. But the first word, the first idea is the idea of rest. Now, what did he mean by that? When Moses said, as of yet, up to this point, you have not come into the rest that God has for you. Well, remember, as they were traveling from Egypt to Israel, they had had some battles. They had had to fight some other nations, and when they were going to move into the promised land, they would still have other battles to fight with the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Amazons. All these different countries that were there, they were going to have to do battle with them, and Moses was saying, you know what? There's coming a day in your future where you will experience rest. You won't be fighting battles. You won't be in wars. You will have rest, but you're not there yet. Now, what does that mean for us? When we read about the rest, it's talking about God bringing us to a place in our lives where there is no inner struggle. We're not struggling. Some of those things I mentioned, fear, bitterness, unforgiveness, losing our temper, lust. It's kind of like not that we'd never struggle with anything, but it's kind of like the doubt, the worry, the anxiety. It's kind of like the struggle is not there. Our life is no longer characterized by struggle. It's characterized by rest. And so for you and me today as Christians, rest is referring to what God wants to do in you. That's the rest of your mind, the rest of your spirit, waking up in the morning and not being worried about anything. Going through the day and not having a cloud of of, of anxiety or depression or something over you, you just you're you're at rest. Your heart is at rest, and your heart is at peace. So that's the first word, rest. It's talking about what God wants to do in your heart. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. It has everything to do with what's going on in your heart. Now the second word is the word inheritance, and let me say this: it has everything to do with your circumstances. It has everything to do with what's going on in your life. And inheritance is referring to what God wants to do for you. It is the blessings that God wants to give you. It is the relationships. It is the money. It is the jobs. It is any blessing that God has laid up for you with your name written on it that you don't have yet. And so you you just listen to what I've said so far. Moses said to the people, you have not yet arrived. Listen to how some of the other translations read this. The New Living Translation says, you have not yet arrived at the place of rest. Some of you here today would say, John, that's me. I've not yet arrived. I don't have that tranquility, that calmness, that peace, that enthusiasm, that joy in my heart. I, I don't have that. The Christian Standard Bible says you have not yet come into the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. You've not come in there yet. And again, the NIV says you've not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. And so back to our question, if today you're looking at your life, you think you thought you were going to just come and get preached at for a half hour. And I'm not preaching at you. I'm talking to you. We're at a restaurant, and I'm asking you, are you where you want to be in life? And you say, you know, John, the good question, good, not great, disappointed, but I'm hanging in there, I'm not giving up, or I'm about as low as I've ever been. The good news is this, just because you've not arrived at that place of rest just because you've not arrived into your, the fullness of your inheritance yet, that doesn't mean that you won't arrive. Now, if I wanted to take this whole sermon and condense it down into like two sentences, which I know you wish I would, but I want you to look and see what these sentences would be as it comes to our rest and our future and what God has in store. Just because you're not where, God, where you want to be in life doesn't mean that you won't get there. God intends for you to get there as long as your will matches his will. And so that's why I say, if you're not where you want to be, be encouraged. You're on your way there. God still wants you to get there. God still has that rest, and God still has that inheritance lined up for you. And so that gives us hope as we look to our future and we think, man, my life's not all I want it to be, and I'm not experiencing all the peace and joy that I really want to experience, and I think I'm, I'm not into the fullness of my inheritance. Sometimes my life seems dull and empty and, and meaningless and boring, and I have just sometimes find myself thinking, there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing right now. Friend, there is more to life than what you're experiencing right now, but God hasn't brought you to it yet. You're on your way, but you are not there yet. And just know, as I, if I were trying to apply this to my own life, which I have this week as I was preparing this, I think, well, you know, man, I'm happy with my life. I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm very thankful for all the things God's given me. I have certain prayers I pray for, just like you do, certain things in my life. I think, well, this, what about this? What about this? What about that? I think, well, you know what? I may not have the, the fullness of my inheritance, but God has things planned for me that I've not experienced yet. And that gives me great encouragement, gives me great hope. You know, here's the deal about life. When you can look at your life and look down the road of your life, look 5, 10, 15, 20 years down in your life, as long as you have hope that, you know, there's going to be more than you're currently experiencing right now, hope is a powerful thing. And when we lose hope, that's what causes depression, A lot of people look down the future of their life and they think, I have nothing to look forward to. I'm not hopeful for anything. And the scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope is a powerful thing because hope says it is possible. It can happen. It can get better. And I can experience all that God has for me. Now, here's the question. How can we, remember this, listen to this again. You've not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance. You've not reached it yet you've not yet arrived. You've not yet come into the good land. Here's the million-dollar question. How can we get there? How can we cross over? Well, verse 9 tells us about the hope. Verse 10 tells us about how to experience it. And notice what it says. Moses says, but you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and he will give you rest from all of your enemies around you so that you will live in it safely. Moses said, you're not there yet. You've not arrived yet. You've not reached your destination, but you will You will cross over that Jordan River, and you will come into the promised land, and there will be rest, and there will be the fullness of your inheritance, and your life will be better than you ever thought it would be in your heart, and even with what God does in you, and what God does through you. But the question is, how can I cross over? They had to cross the Jordan River, a body of water that was too deep to walk across, too wide to swim across, and yet... In their particular case, God dried up the Jordan River and they did walk across. How can, between us and the promised land, there's always a Jordan River, there's always an obstacle of some kind, a conflict, a situation a circumstance, something that we look at our lives and say, you know what? If this problem here could just get resolved, if this thing here could just be addressed, if I didn't have this issue, then I could move into the promised land. Well, God wants to help you deal with that issue, either by removing it, solving the problem, or by giving you the grace to go on in your life, even if the problem doesn't change and you still have it. So here's the question, how can we cross over? I want to mention three things today. And if you're a note taker, you're easy to jot this down. If you're not, just listen and think about it. The first step to crossing over the Jordan River and moving into the promised land is simple faith. Simple faith. Now, faith is one of those things we talk about a lot, but we should probably talk about it more. Because faith is the key to living a victorious, happy, overcoming life. 1 John chapter 5 in verse 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Now, faith, what is faith? Faith is trusting God. Faith is trusting in Jesus Christ. How did we get saved? By faith. We trusted Jesus to save us, and we have faith. Now, I want to illustrate this, try to illustrate it. How many of you here today would say, that there's been a time in your life when you have asked Jesus to save you and you have trusted him to do that? Just just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. That's going to be most, most all of us, okay? Now, for everybody who just raised your hand, you've asked Jesus to save you and you've trusted Jesus to save you. How many of you would say, because I've done that, I have peace about my salvation? And I have confidence in peace that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Just just raise your hand. That's going to be basically everybody that just raised their hand the first time. So if you say, I have trusted Jesus to save me, you raised your hand. And now you say, well, because I did that, I have peace about it. Okay. Learn from that. The only reason you have peace about your salvation is because you have trusted Jesus with your salvation. You trusted him. He saved you. He gave you peace. Colossians 2.6, as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. In other words, as you got saved, you got saved by faith, by trusting God, you just live the rest of your life trusting God. Now, another question. How many of you would say that even though you're a person of faith, that sometimes in life you find yourself worried about something, afraid about something, or anxious about something? Would you just raise your hand? All right? That's most of us. Not everybody. Next week, I'm preaching on lying, right? Because <laughs> everybody here would have to say that if we're honest. Sure. Sometimes In my life, sometimes I find myself worried. I find myself anxious. I find myself fearful. And I think, now, what is wrong with me? Well, what's wrong with me in those moments is that there's something that has come into my life that I'm not trusting God with. Maybe in my health maybe in my finances, maybe with my family, maybe when I look to my future, i say, okay, now I'm worried about this. Listen, anytime you're worried about something, it's actually, it's a bad thing to be worried about something, but, but it can be positive if you look at it the right way. Anytime you're worried, fearful, or anxious, that's kind of your spirit's way of saying to you, something's wrong. The reason you're feeling like that is because there's something in your life that you're not trusting God with. Remember this, Faith and peace are like parallel railroad tracks and they always ride together. Anytime you say, John, I've got 100% peace in my life, that means you're trusting God 100%. If you've got 50% peace, that means you're trusting God 50%. If you say, I have no peace, that means you're not trusting God at all. Faith and peace go together. Peace follows faith like night, follows day. And so whatever we trust God with, we have peace about that. Whatever we don't trust God with, we're worrying. So that's what I'm saying. Anytime you find yourself having that little feeling of nervousness or anxious, what's going to happen? That's when you have to turn it around. And that's when you have to say, God, with this, I choose to trust you. Second thing, number one, simple faith. Just trust God with everything. Number two, complete obedience God told those children of Israel later in the book of Joshua, he told those priests, he said, now here's what's going to happen. I want you priests to get the Ark of the Covenant. You're going to carry it across. The people are going to follow you. And as soon as you put your feet in the Jordan River, I'm going to dry it up. Now, if I'd have been one of those priests, I said, God, why don't you dry it up? Then I'll put my feet in the water. God said, no, you put your feet in there. As as soon That's an act of faith and obedience. And when I see you put your feet in there, I'm going to dry it up. They said, okay, they did it and God dried it up, and two million Jewish people crossed a dried-up Jordan River. Now, that says to me, if we're going to cross over and arrive at our destination of rest and inheritance, what do we have to do? We have to obey God. Now, listen, friend, we all sin. None of us is perfect. But if in our lives there's ongoing, unrepentant-of sin we're not going to experience rest. We're not going to have peace. And we're not going to be in the fullness of our inheritance. Remember what it says in Psalm eighty-four, eleven: The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Listen to this part. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so if we're walking uprightly, we have an open heaven above us and God is just pouring out blessings on our lives. But if we're not walking uprightly, we have no such promise. And so we have to have complete obedience. And then number three, we have to be willing to wait. When it, especially when it comes to our inheritance, that is those blessings, those things in our life, we think, God, I need this, I'd like to have that. Could this be your will? It very well may be God's will, but it may not be God's will today. It may not be God's will right now. And so we have to wait on God's timing. Again, this has to do with our careers, our perfect, like for me, part of my inheritance is God called me to be a preacher. Part of my inheritance is God led me to Pasadena. Part of my inheritance is God's let me be at this church and still lets me be at this church and I've been here for a long time. That's part of God's inheritance, part of God's plan for me. But it's not just for preachers or ministers, for everybody. What I'm saying to you, when it comes to your inheritance, the blessings... The relationships, the job, the health, the healing, some of those things don't happen immediately. Some of those things take time, and we have to be willing to wait. But when it comes to the actual rest, the peace, the assurance, the confidence that all is well between us and God, that can happen to us right here and right now. Two verses, and I'm going to stop. Hebrews 4.3 We who have believed do enter that rest. Have believed is in the perfect tense. It's an action that happened in the past, but it's continuing on in the present. We have believed, but we're still believing. We enter that rest. And then somebody says, John, I may have to wait on my inheritance, but how can I experience my rest? The rest of God, the peace of God. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said this, You talk about a beautiful, tender, sweet verse in the Bible. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm asking you today, have you come to that place of rest where you have peace with God and you know for sure that you're saved? With our heads bowed and eyes closed. In just a moment, I'm going to lead those of you who are not saved in the sinner's prayer. I'm going to help you to come to Jesus so that you can come into that rest. But for those of us who already are saved, those of you who a moment ago raised your hand and said, John, sometimes I'm kind of like you in those cars. and Are they going to become boats and just sail in them? Sometimes I worry. Sometimes I get nervous. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I'm anxious. Let me ask you a question today. What are you worried about right now? What are you worried about? Because whatever it is that you're worried about, that's your Jordan River. And you've got to cross over that to come into your promised land. Is it your family? Is it your health, your finances, your job, your future? What is it? Well, if you're worried about it, that's an alarm. And that's saying, this is something you should trust God with. This is not something you should carry on your own. And so for Christians all around the room and for Christians listening at home today, if you're worrying about something, would you just flip that around and say, Lord, with this thing that I'm currently worrying about, I choose to trust you. I trust you. That's what faith is. It is trusting God to take care of us during the storm, during whatever we go through in life. Would you just turn around and say that to God? You'll you'll begin to experience that rest. The struggle will be over. The racing thoughts will slow down. The burden will be lifted. You'll be at the place of rest. Now for those here today who are not saved, or you're not sure that you're saved... Let me just help you to come to Jesus through prayer. Would you just say this to him? Say, Lord Jesus, you know how restless I feel and how anxious I am, even with my soul. And so, Lord, I come to you today and I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me and I trust you Amen. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we are so very happy for you. Please let us know about your new life in Christ so we can rejoice with you. You can send us an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Again, that's 1-800-337-0157. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redman.